The Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Evolve Health. Evolve Health believes that a healthy lifestyle should be simple. That's why they created the best natural, science-driven products that are simple, clean, and great tasting. Replace your bad habits with smart choices. Replace your current spending and save money. And you can get healthier and stay healthier with Evolve. The Evolve Reboot Program is designed to help your body address inflammation and leptin sensitivity naturally with the help of their convenient, nutritious products. The products, plus their healthy eating guidelines, help the body begin to lose fat for good. And with products geared towards performance and recovery, athletes love Evolve too. With the very best part of Evolve is their social and humanitarian aspect of their business platform. The Hope Movement, powered by Evolve's Buy One, Nourish Two initiative, is changing lives around the world. Needless to say, this is a company that Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone is very proud to be associated with. For more information, please visit the website, twofitcrazies.com, and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. Christine County. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We're where it's at. Merry Fitness, everybody. <laughs> it is December 29th, 2017, and we have got one heck of a bang to go out with this year with our podcast. We are so pumped. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well. Are you uh, freezing to death Mary, or what? Merry Fitness is over. I'm calling it, I'm calling it 2000 and Lean. That's what I'm going oh, with. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 2018? Two, you get it? I get it. Okay. I get it. Like, dad, with, Dad's what's up? You I'm get going, it? I'm going 2000 and lean. Great. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, it's good. A little chilly out there. I got out for a run, though. Unreal. Unreal. It's like two degrees, and you went out for a 12-mile run. 10. 12? 10. 10. Oh, okay. 10. Oh, it's good. It's weak. The last it's about two all I could take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. You know what? I had I had my mates, and it was Friday, and everybody's work schedule is a little bit light this week. So, uh, so uh, you know, we, get, we were able to put the band together and uh, and get out for a good run. There was four of us out there, and we got we got busy. It was fun. Beautiful, beautiful little therapy run out there. It was great. So, just a little recap of last week, because we always like to bring everyone, you know, that's listening. In case you want to go back and check everything, obviously you want to check everything. But um, last week, our buddy um, Steve Feinberg from Speedball Fitness and Hipbox and you name it um, was was our guest and talked a bunch about you know kind of the process of business and how he got to where he was and you know just his really interesting journey of you know, really having an idea and, you know, saying, you know, school wasn't for him and, and going an alternative route and finding martial arts and finding, you know, these different paths and really, you know, bringing it into a different realm and the success he's had in the fitness world and the people he's touched was just a powerful story. Um, and if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, I think that was episode what? That was 16. 16, I think. Or already. 17. Yeah. I got some great feedback from that um, episode as well from a lot of people that, you know, hearing about <coughs> new, new programs that were just, you know, haven't really uh, haven't really been exposed to people. And, and that's our job, really, to bring things that people may not know about to you in a, you know, fun and functional and it was, fit. It, I mean, it was informative for me. I, I uh, you know, I was checking it out and it definitely got a lot of feedback from people want to try it. Where can they try it? And, uh, you know, and, and I just directed him towards Steve and the videos. He's got a massive mm -hmm. online presence. It was, uh, you know, so that was, was really good. And, um, you know, I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm loving these stories. Like we had Stephanie from Play Yoga on, and I know that you've got the, uh, the love for Play Yoga. And, you know, and I just love hearing these stories of people who are, you, you know, in developing these, these techniques and, and really getting it out there and, and just, you know, 
true maverick. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, and, and just doing it, uh, you know, in a, in a way that they're they're inventing, they're inventors. It is, it's amazing. I love it. I love evolving. hearing the stories. Our, the evolve, you know, how everyone is just evolving from, you know, from one thing to the next. It's just fascinating. Exactly. So I am seriously. We're going to jump right in today because I'm so pumped. Um, not only do we have an amazing guest, but she has an amazing story as well. And before I even introduce her, I just want to let you know that our guest today um, loves combat sports, action flicks, sitcoms, <laughs> comics. I feel like I'm on a, like a dating website. It's fantastic. Pina coladas and, and getting caught in the rain. Yeah. Um, but she's internationally recognized media personality, a cage side reporter. We're going to talk about what that is in a second. Okay. She doesn't watch chickens. Okay. Martial artist, commentator, fitness professional, and actress. I'm sorry. Drop the mic. I can go on and on and on and on. Um, who we have today, her name is Phoenix Carlevale. Car- Oh my gosh, why am I messing this up? Phoenix Carnivale. Phoenix Carnivale. Her name is so badass that I can't even take it. And I can't wait to have her talk to you about her journey. And we're going to talk about martial arts. And we're going to, oh my gosh, I can't wait. So I'm just so excited. I'm, Phoenix, know. what up? Hey, guys. I got to say, I love the, I love the title of the, the show, Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone. I'm a big Beastie Boys fan, so... That's awesome. I was all about it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we uh big Beasties fan myself. And uh yeah, I mean that's like that's like our roots, you know. I'm you know, I'm a white kid <laughs> from the suburbs. That's uh, that was my introduction to everything in life was the Beastie Boys. Well, Beasties in the back, and that's how we kind of got, you know, yeah. going with that. So. Well, the funny thing is that um there's times when I, I just don't feel like I um, feel like my workout's done. And sabotage is about three minutes long. And Amazing. if I put sabotage on, I'm getting at least six more sprints out of my workout or whatever it is. So it's just really strange, like that the beast studio boys is my like beast mode tr- trigger, you know? That's great. That's <laughs> great. I mean, it, yeah, that's it. That's a, it's a staple in every iPod. <laughs> So tell us what's going on. I mean, I've got to tell you that I am a gigantic fan. I, I, you know, I'm, it's like a bittersweet thing when I find this new podcast that I love because it's almost like, oh my God, I don't have time for another new podcast in my life right now. And all of a sudden, <laughs> we see Phoenix. Right? And Bam. I, and uh, I heard you with Steve, and I, I went back and I listened, and there's like a couple that I have pegged that I really want to listen to. So your podcast is In Fighting Shape. Tell us, what's it about? Um, about a year ago, I, I Everlast, the equipment company, called me to come into their office and to discuss an idea that they had. And they said that they were starting a podcast network and they wanted me to be the fitness show. And um, I was like, okay. And it turned out to not be just a fitness show. It wound up being more about lifestyle and pop culture and and somewhat inspiration as well because everybody has a interesting story that goes along with why they're interested in movement. And we've had actors and world-class fighters and nutritionists and health coaches and, and psychologists and comedians all come on and tell their story. And it's funny but that inspiring people um, while they're, you know, I mean, I listen to podcasts basically because I'm killing time. And in that process of killing time, I want to learn something, feel something, be involved with something. I want to feel like I'm eavesdropping on a really good conversation. So we we started that, and it's been a little over a year, and it's been growing each and every time. And I've had on some fantastic guests, and it's kind of almost helped me be motivated because um, it just seems like coincidentally, whatever I'm going through that week, I happen to have a guest on that helps and Inspire, you know what's up with me and so it's a it's a great podcast people really seem to enjoy it and it definitely helps with uh with your daily commute you know if you're bored and you're frustrated on your commute you got something to hang you got, you got people to hang out with yeah exactly and, and and it's just just like you said i mean i i I've, podcasts have opened up so much to me things that i just wasn't looking at you know i just wasn't looking at them they, they were there you know they were just things and, and and something that i know that that you love is something that 
podcasting has really opened up to me, uh, you know, and that's martial arts and just like techniques and training and, and, uh, even fighters. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I got into UFC a whole lot more after listening to, you know, Rogan and just other podcasts that are out there. And, and, uh, you know, and, and I just think that it's, it's just really a great thing that it's just exposure. It's, it's just a, you know, it's wide open out there and I, I'm learning a whole lot more. I'm not only am I listening to podcasts about running and things that I really, really love to do in training and other stuff, but, you know, it's just like you said, it's like having, uh, having a new crew of buddies to like learn from and, uh, it's right. amazing. So, uh, how, how, uh, right. how long, when did you start? We started, uh, last year and I think the first episode was mine and my best friend, Chris's 10 commandments of fitness. And we talked about the things that we feel are the most important to help you on your fitness journey, because it's really so individual and so personal that knowing yourself and what's going to work for you and what you want to do and what your particular goals are, what kind of support system you need. And honestly, something that no one ever talks about is how to budget for it. So if you, your body is a product or a, is a, a product that you are trying to like sell to yourself or to your industry or whatever it is, you have to invest in that business. So if I'm going to invest, like, let's say this is, it's almost 2018, this is the end of the year, and I'm looking at my fitness budget for 2018, this is something you should take into account when you're trying to get healthy. What kind of money you need to have each week to have the type of diet you want? What kind of money you're going to budget for your gym membership? What kind of money you're going to budget for maybe some cool social things that you can do that are fit? You know, maybe you want to experiment with new things. Maybe there's new massage techniques that you want to try. So I think putting together a yearly fitness health budget is better than putting together a sickness budget for the amount of doctor's offices that you're going to have to go to if you're if you're not doing the right thing by your body. So no one ever puts together a budget. So we had that in our episode of, of our one of our 10 commandments of fitness is to think about your cash when you're thinking about your body. And that was you a know, great so episode. I think that's. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you Chris so much. Flores, so, like that's what we right? started. Chris Flores, yeah, and that, yeah, and that yeah. was that was big. You guys talked about your whys and whatnot as well in in that initial podcast, and it, absolutely, just a very powerful powerful message that I love. Um, will you share the reason why I kind of jumped in? Will you share some of those ten commandments or those ten ideas? That- um, I, I will tell you as many as I remember. We recorded that show a, a year ago, but the one thing was your why, knowing your why. So mm-hmm. like lots of people, that for I deal with so many different types of athletes, and you'll have someone like, I want to be really fit because I have two kids and I want to be around for their graduations and blah, blah, blah. Um, other people will be like, I want to be really fit because it's my self-confidence. Other people will be like, I want to be really fit because I know as an actor or as a this or as as of that, I can get more work that way. So knowing your why is is super, super important. And then being realistic about it. Another one of the commandments is your relationships. If you're hanging out with a bunch of people that really hinder your fitness and your fitness is really important to you, you might have to cut back on how many times a week you see those people. But my friend Brian, for example, he didn't really have a group of healthy friends. When he socialized, it was eat and drink, eat and drink. So I said, well, if that's really important to you, you're going to have to maybe adjust your relationships accordingly. And the people who love you are going to want to see you get healthy. And maybe you can inspire them. That was another one. The third one was the one that I also mentioned, which was about budgeting for your health. Um, then the fourth was about grocery shopping and and discovering things that you love about food and and um then the fifth was recovery which is a big thing that i think most people completely forget about and sometimes it's not necessarily overtraining it's under recovering and um i loved that quote and me and me and chris always say everybody wants to train like an athlete but no one wants to recover like one because when they show you the video montages of people training, they never show you the massage and the re- relaxing on the couch and watching Netflix and the acupuncture because that's not the exciting part of the training montage. When you think about Rocky Four, you never saw him getting a massage in between him running up mountains and yelling Drago. You know what I that's mean? That's true. But, exactly. 
I'm just smi- I'm just smiling here because I we have a little bit of a recovery problem with my co-host here. We, we were trying to get her to recover a little bit better <laughs> from things right now, and I tell her how much I love my recovery days. Like I look forward to them just as much as the hard day. I say I always say when everything's going right and everything's going well, I look forward to each day for what it is. You know, I look forward to the hard workout. I look forward to the you know the easier day, and I look forward to that recovery day like a biscuit. Like it's just like <laughs> man, I just want that. You know. So thank you for that. Well, I think of it as if it, the, the two a circle is only complete if both sides are equal. If they're not, then you have some type of weird shape, right? Right. So your recovery and your workouts are really all in the same. Your workout and your recovery are both workouts. They're they're both part of the same thing. And I have had so many injuries and health issues that I have no choice but to recover. And, and it's really frustrating. I'm not going to lie. But I've like learned that, okay, if this is what I hate about it, I can change that and put it into a po- positive perspective. So if I have to spend 15 extra minutes warming up now, I use that as an opportunity to amp myself up into my workout. And I just, I know part of it. I, now I'm budgeting my time. I'm time part is going to 15 minutes. So I have a plan, you know, and I think that's a big part of it too. You, you want to recover so you don't, you're not full because I mean, there was, when I first hurt my, my rotator cuff, I couldn't take my own shirt off. You know how annoying that is to have to ask friends. I can't brush my hair because I can't lift my arm over my head or, you know, things like that. It's really, you just, you don't realize how important it is until something really bad happens. Sure. So we had that as part of, uh, of it. And oh my God, so many other ones. And, and I can't remember, but I know that one of my commandments, whether it be for fitness or just for life is you should laugh all the time. <laughs> Have you fun, should laugh right? all the time. You should find time. If you, if you didn't laugh in a day, something's wrong. I've laughed at funerals and not in a disrespectful way. Like you you just, you have to laugh as much as possible. I think it's crucial for your health as a human being. Amen. You know what I always say, Phoenix, the, um, I always talk about functional fitness and what are the first, what are the first three, three letters of functional Mm -hmm. spell? That's fun. Yeah. But what what are the first two spell? A functional fitness. Yeah. What are the first two letters? F-U. I'm trying to take the F-U out of fitness, add the fun, add the N into functional fitness. That's my my goal in life. See? Oh, my goodness. I like that. Yeah, go ahead. Use that. I like that. Take the F-U out of it. Because everyone's like, F-U, I'm not doing this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, let's make it fun. You're not going to F-U anymore, you know? See? Totally fun. See what happens. I... All right. So speaking of fun, we, I got to get into this because you are very successful in your podcast. It's amazing. I can't wait. We're going to get the links out to, um, you know, to everything that you're doing. But I want to get into, you had said, even in the first podcast, because I always, when I interview people and I, I look, you know, I start digging. I love researching. I love finding cool facts. You love superheroes. Okay. Steve, our mutual friend, yeah. Yeah. we were talking and he was like, Oh my gosh, Steve knows that I'm obsessed with a certain woman of wonder. <laughs> a little obsessed. Okay. She is. Okay. I'm okay. not saying I've ever seen the two of us in the same place anymore, is all I'm saying. So, <laughs> um, needless to say, he was like, Oh my gosh, you've got to hook up with, with Phoenix. You've got to, she's like, you know, we both are kind of into the movie quotes and the, a little bit dorky, but, you know, kind of athletic and, you know, not terrible to look at, I guess, you know. Um, and uh, he did send me the link. You guys had done a podcast together where you're talking about don't hire a trainer that's you're attracted to. And you had said you had hired him and, and you were like, well, I never did that. And he's like, okay. I thought that was freaking hysterical. I thought it was great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Awesome. I felt um, good though. Cause I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a 42 year old skinny runner. So like I'm a trainer, but you know, it's not, yeah, the, the attraction I'm, I'm like, all right, come to me then come to the skinny guy. It's all good. Oh man. Um, First of all, it, <laughs> it was, we were talking about martial arts too. And you don't want to roll around in jujitsu with someone you're attracted to. Right. And so I, and I've I had learned, very and I unattractive jujitsu. I learned that Anderson Silva smells of cocoa butter. 
He does. He does. <laughs> smells very nice. I would roll with that, man. Smells very nice. Yeah. So, um, so with that said, I wanted to know, you said you love superheroes. Talk to me. Who's your, who's your go-to superhero and why? Um, well, so I believe in, in, in like meditation, like hypnotherapy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I actually asked my hypnotherapist once to go into my psyche and find out where my obsession with Japan and Japanese culture came from. And what when happens? we, when I got out of like the hypnotherapy session, it had all been because of Wolverine, <laughs> like a large part. Of it. <laughs> Wolverine is a, is so, quite awesome. I'm just well, Wolverine is, is my favorite and the X-Men are my favorite. And like, and and I just have a thing for anyone like ninja, samurai, or mm-hmm. mutant, like anything <laughs> in those in that family. That's, so I would say Electra, but you know, so but mostly it's it's always been Wolverine from as far back as I can remember. It's always Wolverine for me. And and the thing was that I grew up in a single family household, and my I had an older brother. So when you have siblings, you always want to do whatever your oldest sibling does. Right. And my brother it was really into comic books and I was very rambunctious and I wouldn't go to sleep. So my brother was smart and he was like, look, she wants me to read her a bedtime story, but I don't want to, I want to read my comic books. So I'll just read her my comic books before I go to bed. It's amazing. What so is- I'll get to read my comics and put this kid to sleep. Not bad. And uh, so I got, I got read comic books every night and it was such a huge influence on me because the women were part of the team they were in shape. So I wasn't looking at Vogue magazine as a little girl. I was looking at the X-Men. And um, and it just stuck with me. And Wolverine stuck with me because he was he had gone to Japan and he was like a ninja and a samurai and, you know, all that all that type of stuff. And and now here I am and I'm almost 40 and I'm sitting here talking to you wearing a Wolverine T-shirt. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's it's so far deep. It's in the Rolodex from the hypnotherapist. That's amazing that the hypnotherapist, is, you know, hypnotherapist can come up with that. That's amazing. I love it. I got to do more. Of yeah. That. Yeah. We're so into all the hypnotherapy is not as like it's not as like foo as it sounds. Like, trust me, I'm not like an inner low love your inner lotus flower you know, like person, you know what I'm saying? But I do meditate and hypnotherapy really is just guided meditation. Like she's not going to be like, bark like a dog, stand on one foot. Like, and you're going to do it. That would be impressive. Snap out of it. What'd you say? That would be impressive. So, so yeah, it's very much, it's very much guided meditation. It just puts you in a relaxed state. So when she put me through this really relaxed state and I was like, can you find out where my obsession with Japan came from? As soon as I relaxed enough, the first thing I saw was the image of the that Wolverine comic of him in Silver Samurai from when I was like probably like four or five years old, maybe maybe a little older. Wow. Now let's get into this because we need to talk about your background. You have such a fascinating background and what you just said really encapsulates what who you are because you said you weren't reading Vogue. You love Wolverine. You have martial arts in your background now. Tell me about, you know, you as a, you as a child, how, how did you get, you know, to start practicing? Did you, you know, were you an athlete in school at all? Did you, I know you'd said, you know, that wasn't, not, not, yeah. not even, a, not a little, not even a little bit. So, um, like I said, I grew up in a single family household. We didn't, we didn't have a lot of money, so there was no after school activities. No one was paying for dance. Nobody was paying for anything. And my mom was working several jobs, so I was alone a lot. So all I had was the TV. So I mm-hmm. think that I knew martial arts because I would watch so many kung fu movies that I would emulate what <laughs> I, I saw it. on TV. But I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything. And then as soon as I was older, I was like in my and I had been attacked as a kid, and I'd been jumped, I'd been cut, and um, by a girl, and I'd been attacked by a bunch of girls, and a lot of that stuff had happened to me in my younger years, but. I wasn't an athlete at all. I had asthma. Um, as soon as high school ended, I started getting a little chubby. Um, I was more like a comedian, like a really sarcastic drama kid, just a good actor, really fun. Anybody could make anybody laugh. Um, I was friends with the nerds and the popular kids that kind of fit in, but didn't fit in anywhere. And then once I had my own money, 
I joined karate, but it was like in my early 20s, early to mid 20s. So I had started really late and felt very uncoordinated and was very, very, very uncomfortable because I had asthma and I was always worried about having an asthma attack in front of people. Um, and I had gotten really, really in good shape even before martial arts I had started. I had started working out once I had gotten heavy. I didn't like the fact that I had gotten heavy. I started training my own and going to the gym and taking group fitness and doing at-home fitness videos. Lost a lot of weight and wound up doing modeling. And um and and, and modeling. I'm tiny. I can't, I'm, I can't do runway and stuff like that. I'm only five two. But it, I had gotten really good in good shape. And then as soon as I had a little bit more money, I said, now is the time. I'm going to join martial arts. And I joined karate. And then I, I never looked back. I had I, ever since I was like, whenever I started in my twenties, and I haven't stopped since. That's amazing. You're a survivor, huh? I, I see those survival skills, you know, <laughs> making friends with everybody and, and, and uh, you know, being the comedian. I can relate. I can tell you that much. Single family household. I can relate. Yeah. You know, uh, um, you know, I had an older brother. He didn't read me comic books. He, uh, he, he knocked me around a bit, but <laughs> it's about it. Survival, right? <laughs> uh, so it's amazing. That's, uh, so that's cool. So what type of uh, martial arts did you get into? Just karate specifically? I started with karate and um, I went to a school that was very good spiritually, but not very good physically. And I had learned really the, the ways of the warrior Bushido, the psychological aspect of it, the fact about kindness and sincerity and, and teamwork and all that type of stuff. But I wanted to fight and my school wasn't a very good fight school. It was just kind of like a place people gathered and they learned kata and forms and I was like, all right, I am not, I will get killed. You guys aren't teaching me real self-defense. None of this is very esoteric. I want to, I'm afraid that if I got punched, I wouldn't know what to really do. So I said, I need to get punched in the face. I need to oh feel gosh. what it feels like. And I had already, I had already been jumped and I had already been, and I had already like done with a lot of uh, situations where I had been attacked, but I wanted um, to learn now what to do. So I said, all right, enough karate. I don't want a black belt because I feel like I don't really know how to actually fight. I'm going to leave. I left at brown belt and I went and I went and did Western boxing. So I went to Gleason's Okay. and I boxed for about a year and a half and, and I got pretty good. And, um, I wanted to do the golden gloves, but I got massive plantar fasciitis because I was under recovering and, um, you know, and, and just not training properly. And I, I got plantar fasciitis. I, I couldn't do the golden gloves. I said, all right, I'm going to recover. And while I was recovering, I was studying any single thing. Because when Bruce Lee hurt his back, he read a bunch of books. So I said, all right, let me just learn about every single martial arts there is. And I was watching a lot of MMA and UFC stuff at the time because he had just really exploded onto mm -hmm. the scene. And I saw Muay Thai. And I was like, what's this? Mm -hmm. And it was just high kickboxing and it was there was elbows and it was knees and it was really brutal and it was like what all the UFC fighters were doing so I found a Muay Thai school and my foot was too hurt for me to do much so I just sat and watched for a while and I really believe that that sitting and watching is why I'm a good commentator now because I have the ability to sit there and look at and dissect how a person's moving and what they're doing and how they're going to strategize to sit and how they're going to strategize and how they're going to hit their opponents or what they're looking for and and then I started Muay Thai and I did Muay Thai for a while and I fought and I competed and I really loved it. And I had five fights and won all five of them, but they were amateurs, no big deal. And, um, and then I started playing with other arts, judo and wrestling and, uh, I mean, I'm white all of them because I just jump around, but I learned different techniques from, I'm talking like masters, like whoever's teaching a seminar, I run and I go. But I'm not able to move forward because I, I run and do so many of them, which is what I need to do for work. Um, and that's the disappointing, frustrating part. But the cool part is that I learn something new all the time. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've experienced and studied arts I didn't even know existed, like Savat and Sambo and, you know, and just Silat and like really just, just cool things. And, and what's awesome about that is that when you learn martial arts from different regions or different countries you learn about their cultures and they learn about different parts of the world and the warriors and their foods and their everything and it's like when i'd say i want when you want to learn something about another culture they're warriors they're musicians right yeah, absolutely they're warriors, they're 
and their and their best chefs. Okay. That's what you take. That's what you steal from from different cultures, and um, so that's what I've been doing. That's so, so I've studied a little bit of everything in the last couple of years. That is amazing. Now, how in the world um, did you get from now? You went into all these. You know, you're now you're. I guess how did how did you start fighting? I mean, I'm fascinated because I've never hit anyone, mm-hmm. and I don't know how I would react if I got hit in the face. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there. So. How did you start saying, hey, I definitely want to fight? And then how, how did you get into that? Because that's, because that obviously well, led to you doing, you know, commentating and things like that. And, you know, kind of, I always think of, you know, like you're kicking over the dominoes right now. But so tell me a little bit about uh-huh. that. Um, so I kind of, I had been, I had always had like fighting instincts in me because I had an older brother that roughed me up. So you just kind of used to, being hit and just not, you know, you get hit and you're like, Oh, I didn't break apart. It just hurt for a second, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then you just, your natural instinct is to fight back. And most, most people's natural instinct is to either run or to fight back, fight or flight. We talk about it all the time. And, um, you know, my instinct was to fight back. And then when I started learning techniques, it wasn't about me beating someone up or hurting someone or being angry or anything like that because if you are angry you're probably going to lose um because you're emotional and you're not your head's not on straight and you're frustrated and all that so you have to keep your together it was i just learned a new technique and now i want to see if i could pull it off so it was so we you start sparring and you know you start sparring in the gym and you get used to getting hit and you get used to keeping your eyes open so this is one thing that people don't normally talk about so when something comes flying at your eyes or your face, people normally close their eyes because the, your natural instinct is to protect your eye. Mm-hmm. But when you learn to fight, you have to watch that thing come at you, keep your eyes completely open and move. Wow. And there's something there's something very symbolic about that. Though the danger is coming towards you, to look at it and just shift enough. Absolutely. So to, to be constantly present in that moment and there was it was symbolic for me. It was like I can handle anything. I can even take my lumps and keep coming back, or I can accept my losses and then come back in the next day and work and grow and learn. So I kept using this emotionally and symbolically. So I would I would spar, and then after sparring, I would continue training. And then after enough sparring sessions, especially with this one girl that was a pretty much a bully in our gym. And I had kicked her across the room one day. <laughs> um, I, I, I proved to my coach that I could fight and that I wanted to fight because I kicked this girl. Like <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was like 300. Like I kicked her across <laughs> the freaking room. Like Wolverine. Cause she would bully. Everyone. Yeah. She, she would bully everybody because she would go really hard and sparring is supposed to be, like sparring, right, it's different right. than fighting. It's like you're drilling, you're touching each other. But then yeah, there's days that you have hard sparring, and there's days that you have lighter sparring. And this wasn't supposed to be a hard sparring day. And she was trying to, she was trying to, you know, pop off on me. And then you told and her what it was, was up. like. Oh, really? And I kicked her. Right. And that one. Then my coach was like, "Phoenix is ready to fight." <laughs> <laughs> we got um, one. That's awesome. And then, I, and then we fought. We fought and I really wanted to have 10 fights, but I only wound up having five because what, you know, it's the amateur circuit is very, very hard, especially for women. There's not a lot of to fight. You're probably mm-hmm. going to fight the same 10 people over. And over. Um, I didn't want to fight in New York. I was commentating also, and I didn't want to have to fight against somebody. I was going to commentate their next fight. It mm-hmm. just seemed weird. And plus I wanted this. I wanted an open door policy for me and everybody in New York City because I had such a great relationship with everybody. I wanted to be able to jump into any anybody's gym at anybody's t- at any time. And if I was going to fight somebody from a gym, then I wouldn't be welcome. So I kept trying to fight like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, like I fought in Barbados, I fought in Florida, I fought like just so that I wouldn't have to fight New York people. Because I have to commentate their show next right. week. Yeah, that makes you know? sense. I would sense. have to commentate the show that I would have 
yeah, I would have had a fight. And then it was like, I didn't want to lose my commentary job. And the only two places to fight, I was the commentator <laughs> in New York. <laughs> yeah, no, that, so, that, that's uh, that was very strategic and smart. I mean, it's it's where you're looking to, you know, where you're eventually planning on ending up. You don't want to, uh, you know, alienate yourself uh, right from the from the jump. So that that makes good sense to me. I, uh, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So tell us, tell us now about what you're doing. What are you, what are you doing now? Ringside commentating cage comment. What, what did uh, Christine say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so I, I, for me, everything with it, whether it's martial arts, acting, comedy, the thing that I've, I've always loved since childhood is storytelling. So you have, you have a responsibility as a commentator to tell the story. And you have to tell that story with as unbiased as you possibly can. And you you have to look at the red corner and the blue corner and see what they're both doing equally and have no necessary necessarily have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. You have an opinion, but you don't want your own bias. Uh, kind of you gotta keep yourself out of it and look and try to see things as as little as possibly can. And when you tell, tell a good story, you do that as well. And there's always a backstory. So and so in the red corner, let's say his name is John. He's got a wife and a kids, and he's working because he wants to pay his mortgage or whatever. Right. Um, the blue corner, his name is Bill, whatever, and yeah. he's full with a with a seven and zero record, and you know, and he got martial arts. But his dad, who passed away the go, like there's always like something. And when I tell this story, now all of a sudden, whoever you are, you care. Right. Because they're human beings rather than these two animals that go into a cage. Like, there's a reason for fighting. The other part of the story is well, how these guys train before they get there, guys or girls, whoever. How they train, training regiment. Like, how did they eat? How did they cut weight? How are they feeling? Did he get cupping? Like, there's a whole bunch. There's so much storytelling involved in commentary. And there's interviews. So I do a lot of the pre interviews where you find out, do these guys have an issue with each other? Do these girls, did they used to train at the same school? You find like all these things that make this story interesting. And, um, and that's what I do. And it's the same thing when I'm telling, uh, when I'm doing my podcast or when I'm acting, I'm telling you a story, something that you follow along with. And you're great at it. And I work for Access TV. Thank you. I wanted Thank to. You. Can you expand on that as well on the with um, with the acting? I know that that's something that you. There were a couple things that you had appeared in or whatnot. How did that transpire then? From, I mean, your story is like I said, it's very interesting because we all have these different different paths that that come that just you know we go down and. So how did you get into acting now? I've, I've always been into acting since I was a really, really little kid. I used to entertain my family and um, I used to entertain my friends and I would act out scenarios or do imitations of, of friends. And so I've been doing that since I'm a kid or I'd watch movies and I'd memorize the movies. And I was just always really into that. And the biggest thing for me was always comedies. It was always comedy or action comedy. So I friggin' loved Jackie Chan more than you could love a person. And, um, <laughs> You know, so it was like, it was always that. So I went to acting school right after high school. Where'd you go? I had wanted to be an actor. Uh, I went to the school for film and television. And then I went to um, Lee Strasberg's Institute for Theater. So I went to a bunch of different acting schools around New York. Okay. And it was great. And I would I would book little things here and there and do some theater and do some plays. And then I did some stand-up comedy, which I loved more than anything. And, uh, and then I wound up getting into fitness. So it was really hard to stick to acting if I wanted to be a really good fitness professional. So I had to let a lot of it go. And then a couple of years back, I was like, I don't want to let this shit go. (laughs) Come back to it. And I want to, I want to like do it all over again. And I started booking work and, and it just felt right. And now with the martial arts background, they put me in stuff where I get to, you know, sometimes kick and punch or get my head blown off or whatever (laughs) it is. And it, and, and it's, and it's fun. I get to play pretend, um, you know, I used to be playing with action figures. Now I can be the action figure if I wanted to. And, um, you know, I, I live with a stunt man and this is what we talk about all day long. And, you know, it's, it's a big part of, again, the, the storytelling process. And, um, 
you know, I, I don't believe in like heroes and villains. I believe that both, both sides of everything have a story. And it's the same with commentary. It's the same with looking at a script. You have to understand the why, mm-hmm. right, behind everything. It's fascinating. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. It's an interesting way to, you know, I love, seeing I just, things. It's the psychology of everything. There's so the psychological part. I've always been really interested in psychology. And um, it's, it's very much a part of acting. And it's very much a part of, very much a part of, it's, and some of the best Academy Award winning movies or about athletes, or about black in particular. I still think Rocky is the greatest movie of all time. All right. Which, I, yeah, no, which one? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Not the most recent ones. The first one. The okay. First one. We're just checking. I, I love So I, much of a fan that I will tell you, I even liked Rocky Five. all right? I even liked Rocky Five. Yeah, with Tommy Gunn? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the street fight. I like that Great. one too. That one too. Yeah. I uh yeah. I've uh I, I like I like Cinderella Man. You ever watch that one? Yeah. Jimmy Braddock. Nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, 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 it was. I think uh I think somebody also even won. Look, the champ on the water front, Rocky, Cinderella Man, all all nominated. Classics too. I mean just the best. I love it. So, uh, so tell us now. We got uh, so you're so you're calling fights now. Are you are you actually cage side? You're you're doing uh, stuff for the UFC. You're doing stuff for um, for uh, AXS TV, uh, TV fights. Yeah. So I have my own YouTube channel called Everything Martial Arts, and that's where I'll do. I kind of do my own thing, and I'll work with Glory or the UFC. I'm a sequence. Um, host of UFC's official podcast, UFC Unfiltered, and I interview pretty much everything, everybody from my YouTube channel. I can CNN and TV and, and all those things as the commentary for Access TV as a cage side reporter. So I do the pre post fight interviews, um, just any of the reporting that goes on for Access TV fight, which is every Friday night on Access TV. And it's so, it's so much fun because we fly out to like a different weird city uh, every week from Wednesday through Saturday. I'm gone and uh, I'm going to like places that would never go, you know, like Missouri and, and, yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, so it's super cool. It's like parts of the country I would never have seen. And you yeah. get to meet the coolest people ever. I, when I get to travel with with fitness on circuits, like you're in, yeah, you're in like Nowhereville, Mississippi, and you're, you know, I sit and have a glass of wine with, you know, like the local priest or something, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, yeah. you know, it's yeah. uh, really cool. Yeah, it's so it's so awesome. I'm like talking about my dog, and they're like, yeah, my horse, my pig. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> so you, there's fights this weekend, right? There's fights tomorrow. I mean, I, we're gonna time ourselves here with as far as the podcast is concerned, but what two nineteen is. Saturday tomorrow night. Yeah, that's um, yeah UFC two nineteen, which is had uh, two women headlining, which I love to hear and see because they're both extremely talented. So talented. Are you allowed to make predictions? So I, I'm, I'm not, I I I am allowed to make predictions. <laughs> um, so, it, it's <sighs> Cyborg is just so overwhelmingly powerful, but Holly Holmes has such good that. If Holly Holmes pulls off an upset, I would be surprised. But right now, I'd probably go with I'd probably go with Cyborg. Cyborg is just she's, she's just just way too powerful. and she comes she's so, so powerful. She comes so hard. That's exactly. It's just like everything is just like like it's it's just right up right up front. And and Holly Holm, I, I mean, I've seen we've seen the good yeah. Holly Holm, we've seen the bad Holly Holm. You know, we kind of see a little bit, but she's always game. Right. She's always game. And I think that a lot of times with Holm, you know, you see those you get those matchups where you know the, they matchup benefits her as a as a puncher. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. She is a she has a wicked she has a wicked sidekick. And um, I remember like people who do Muay Thai, they if like or a cyborg, they bum rush in and they don't expect a sidekick. So I had a karate background, so I used to I used to use my sidekick against these girl Muay Thai fighters all the time and keep them at distance. So if, if cyborg could rush in and Holly Holmes could use that sidekick, but yeah. She's going to have to be really fast because Cyborg's wrestlings and, and takedowns are really good, too. She's probably one of the most complete female martial artists, uh, MMA fighters that there is. It's going to be a cool, strategically cool like fight to watch, I think. Right. And, and every time that I think that, 
you know, it that that leaves like Cyborg is just gonna like come in and bum rush, like you said, and 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 it's a thirty second fight, you know. But we'll see, you know, we'll see. That's what we do. We yeah. tune in. How about the other one? Yeah, we got uh, Habib, the Eagle. I love that dude. <laughs> Oh, so so this is one where, and luckily, luckily I don't I don't officially work for the UFC, so okay. this one I can be a little a little biased. Okay, Edson Marboza is a friend of mine. I saw that you had him on the podcast. Camp, mm-hmm. He's such a, he's like a lovely human being. Good, lovely human. He's he's a person that you know I do have a lot of problems with somehow sometimes how mixed martial arts is portrayed. Because it, I. I I get a bunch of jocks who do MMA and they're, they're like really violent and aggressive and you're like, oh man, we're forgetting the message, the, that big part of what martial arts is. But people like Ed and Frank Yedger and Chris Weidman or and these or you know these guys represent good family men, having good values. They're great team. They're great with their teams. They're like honest people. So Edson Barboza, not saying that Khabib is not one of them because Khabib is probably a lovely human being too, but right. I don't know Khabib personally. Right. But but Edson, man, it's just such a lovely guy. It's just um And he's a beast with those spin Khabib kicks. Is so good. Yeah. I uh yeah. you know, we're yeah. I'm I'm a big Frank Yeager guy. He lives right he lives right down the street from us. Uh you know, yeah, UFC like, MMA around here at the Jersey Shore is huge. Oh, huge. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, and you have some lovely people out there. You really do. There's, they're, they're just, they're just good people. I, they have supported me professionally before I was anybody, and I get that. That's awesome, awesome. All right, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love this stuff. I, I, I love the martial arts. I have young kids, <laughs> right? I have young boys that that I see. You know, all these parents rushing off to. Uh, sign them up for basketball and, and soccer, which is great. My kids play it all. But, uh, you know, I, I, I talked to my wife. You know, she says, we sign them up for this. We sign them up for that. I said, we should sign them up for martial arts and gymnastics, you know, so they learn about their bodies and they can have something yeah. that they can use for a lifelong. Yeah. I mean, I'm five foot seven, um, you know, uh, if, and they love to play basketball. But, uh, you know, if, if they, uh, they're going to play basketball for a few more years, you know, and, and that'll be it. Uh, they can play their whole life, obviously. But as far as, you know, I see, I see a lot of parents investing time and money money into things that uh you know are, are um are a limited opportunity for them but i think that that things like martial arts uh you know are just they just provide such life the lessons the mental aspect of that is unreal the yeah. discipline that there's so much more than just physical that that's amazing to us and that's what really we're we're amazed by you and and all that you're bringing to the community and i know with your podcast especially with your background and your story like you said, you know, you're out there like we are. We're, we're trying to, you know, find people that may not know their potentials and they, you know, maybe they're broken or overweight or, or they don't know what to do and they need to make a change desperately for their mental and physical health. But we're going to, we're going to bring it. And I think that, you know, we're so proud to have you, uh, you know, kind of on our podcast talking about your story and, and how, you know, martial arts and all your disciplines have really, you know, brought you to where you are, not just physically, but mentally and, and really helping people. Yeah. So we really, really appreciate that. And we would love for you to kind of, if there's any last, um, I guess, words of wisdom or words of advice you'd like to share with, you know, with our listeners as well, um, that we haven't, you know, hit upon, or you're really passionate about, we would love to, uh, love to hear not to put you on the spot. I think I, (laughs) You should try martial arts once. I don't think you should even have to to, to stay, if you don't love it, you don't have to do it. But I and I don't say try fighting. I'm not saying try fighting. I'm not try, saying try sparring. I'm not try, saying try any of those. It be tai chi. It could be I don't know and whatnot. Every woman should take a self defense class. Everyone should take a self defense class because everybody should see that they do not need to be a victim and to realize how inner power that they have and inner strength they have, even if it's just trickery that they learn to use, um, to learn how vulnerable every human body is. Everybody's vulnerable, everybody area, both emotionally and physically, and to understand those things. So I think everybody should try martial arts, and I think everybody should learn, try to learn from the fighting. So in martial arts, there's something called the bushi food. I mean, that's mostly in, in Japanese martial art, but there's it's about telling you to, to be honest and chivalrous and and 
all these things is honor system is about loyalty. It's about finding balance. These are all those things that, that martial arts is supposed to encapsulate. And you can find that in sports too. It's not that that's not there in sports as well. It is, but I just, I feel like there's a lot of virtue in the want people to see that rather than just seeing, you know, the UFC stuff and seeing people fighting and, and, you know, it's like, Oh my God, that's just such a tiny, tiny part of it. There's so much more. It's about compassion and friendship and, and all those. I definitely say, take some self-defense so that you know that you don't have, um, and to understand that there's possibilities for you to bad situation and, and try martial arts because it's really good for your brain and your spirit. And, you know, and that's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I just think like you have to get those things in place and just give it a try. I love it. I love it. I think it's a, it's a tremendous message that you have. And, uh, and I think that it's, that it's just something that, you know, the spiritual aspect and, and things that they're just not seeing that, you know, that martial arts really, you know, encap- you know, it, it brings, uh, you know, it's, it's just great. It's just great. So, uh, tell us now, how can we find you? Where do we listen to the podcast? Where do we find you on YouTube? Hit us with it. Okay. So YouTube, the channel is called thing martial arts and it's not fighting it's anything martial arts and so there'll be stuff about anything that has martial arts involved with it like movies and pop culture star wars type of stuff um that's everything martial arts on youtube the podcast is called in fighting in fighting shape powered by everlast i'm on access tv every friday night and you can find access tv if you have slang or like it's like a roku or whatever it's it's if you have access TV on your cable and, um, and I think that's it. I'm on my phone fiend on Twitter and Phoenix Carnavale on Instagram. And that's my stuff. It's your go-to movie quote. Cause you said, you know, a lot of, you know, obviously you said you like Rocky and whatnot, but what's your go-to quote? Um, it's, uh, I say this a lot to my mom, but it's the things you own end up owning you. And it's from the cycle. Oh, there you oh, go. there's another. There's another awesome one. Seriously, it's. I actually almost Phoenix. I almost yeah. sent you. I almost sent you movie titles or movie quotes ahead of time and said you have to somehow work these into the podcast, no matter what we talk about. So that might be next time. I, I, I got one. I got one better for you. My <laughs> my stepfather's name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. I'm not kidding. His name oh, is Robert Paulson. I have a T-shirt for Robert Paulson. <laughs> That's his name. My mom married Robert Paulson. Oh my! Wow. Yeah. Meatloaf. Oh man. With that <laughs> said, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's one of my it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, it's fantastic. It's one, of, one of my favorite movies. Of all time. Wow. Well, Phoenix, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show with us today, and I'm sure that our viewers, or our listeners anyway, thank goodness we're not being viewed right now. We've got faces for radio, but I'm kidding, Brian. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Speak for yourself. Haha. Um, anyway, it has been an absolute um, pleasure, Phoenix, and we look forward to touching base with you in the future. We are going to be sharing all your information. We'll put that up on our website, and um, you name it, on Facebook and social media, so you know where to find her make sure you listen to in fighting shape it is phenomenal so good it it is amazing there's some great information out there phoenix brings on some great guests and please look out for her because she's uh she's quite the badass and uh we're happy to know you phoenix all right so i am christine conti and i'm brian prendergast and we are two fit crazies and a microphone we're where it's at thanks everybody peace